Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began. And Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on the oldest toys. From bubble bath to belt buckles. From 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive with informative features and personal collectible stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Packet, new from Kenner. Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Sky and Steve declare the vintage winners and losers from the last Jedi movie. It's filled with spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet, don't listen. On this unenhanced and unsound-affected Kivecast, we answer the question, which vintage Star Wars characters and collectibles were made more or less relevant, interesting, and valuable by the representation in the second part of the post-war trilogy? We give our top 13 winners and losers, which somehow ended up working perfectly into paired categories. Like the movie itself, however, things are not as clear as they may seem, as many winners are revealed to have lost, and vice versa. Oh, space freaks, there are more question marks than exclamation points in this movie and in this podcast. Sky does most of the blabbering on this episode, so you may want to put on your anti-gravity boots to resist the sheer power of the blowhard force coming at you from Hothchester. Somehow, Steve went the entire episode, all two hours, without mentioning the fact that that morning he'd written an amazing blog write-up on his website, www.starwarsatthemovies.com. So, I'm plugging it here. Come on, Steve, self-promote a little bit. Starwarsatthemovies.com. It is, in fact, an awesome write-up. So come and listen to our little take on Ryan Johnson's vision and its impact on the vintage Star Wars hobby. The number eight loser will anger you. The number seven winner will move you. The number 11 winner will bore you. The number two loser will mystify you. And the number one winner will shock you to the very core and leave you more surprised than you were by the movie itself. Join Sky and Steve as they force Skype like Ray and Kylo about The Last Jedi on the next Kivecast Vintage Pod. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 87. Yeah, you know, Steve, uh, we've actually recorded another... I feel like we start every episode saying that we've recorded another episode. <laughs> we're, we're jumping all over the place. but <laughs> We are, but they're such exciting times. And uh, uh, last time when Force Awakens came out, we recorded this vintage winners and losers. And uh, I don't know if it was successful because um, we don't get enough feedback to know when we succeed <laughs> and when we fail. <laughs> um <laughs> But I thought it was successful because I enjoyed it. Do, did you oh, yeah. enjoy that, Steve? I was going to say, uh, and who cares because I, I actually had a lot of fun doing that if I remember. So, yeah, well, well, I'm all for doing it again. Well, it's kind of like a trick because, you know, uh, it's Thursday the 21st. Um, how many yep. times have you seen uh, The Last Jedi, Steve? I've seen it twice now. How about you? Well, I saw it a third time today. Um, okay. I, I picked up the kids and, and we took them with my dad. Um, awesome. <laughs> 
the 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 audio mix was a bit weird. So I think my Uh-oh. dad couldn't hear any of the dialogue and only heard the music. <laughs> um, so you know that might not be such a bad thing at times. <laughs> well, he, he came out. He's like, so the point of the movie is uh, bad guys are jerks. I was like, mm. uh, well, no, but okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> And man, that guy does not like Kylo Ren. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, so you know, I I watched the movie a week ago. Um, I've spent all week. I've listened to every Rebel Force Radio episode about it. I've listened yeah. to now this is podcasting episodes with bated breath. I listen to Steel Wars. Um, I yeah. go I go on YouTube. I watch every single video I can that talks about it, even the stupid ones that are about Easter eggs. Um, so you've you've di- you've been diving right into the deep end. Yeah, well, that's you know. Steve, <laughs> I live in the deep end. Right. Um, and, uh, and the thing is, I, I want to do that too. You know, I, yeah, I, I sure. want to be one of those jerks who talks about what they think about the movie. <laughs> right. Um, not, why not? <laughs> but not, not in a, not in the usual way. <laughs> right. But, but we've only found one way that people will listen to us, Steve. And, and that's if, if we talk about vintage toys. Right. So yeah. what is the general conceit of vintage winners and losers, Steve? Well, <laughs> I guess it depends on, on uh, how many? It sounds like you've got a complex case for this for this one compared to the last one. <laughs> okay. Well, well, this is the basic idea. Okay. So, it's the question is vintage. Okay, so we're talking about vintage Star Wars collectibles. Okay. Right. The collectibles right. made in between 1978 and 1988. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's what I said as the time. Maybe so. Maybe Steve, you have it different, but that's what I said. No, that's that's I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah. You know, actually, 77 to 88 because we do memorabilia as well. Yes. Yeah. So when we say winners or losers, we're not talking about things that existed in the vintage area and did they win the movie or lose the movie? Right. Because right now. we don't care about the movie right now. Right. Mm-mm. Like, I'm not going to ask you, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> now, people will know what you think of the movie throughout the course of the conversation. Right. But this isn't a review show. This is strictly taking vintage characters and collectibles and determining were they helped by the new movie. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean, were they made more relevant, more valuable or more interesting? Yeah. Um, and if we say that they're a loser, well, then that's the opposite. They're made less relevant, less valuable or less interesting. <laughs> Um, so that's what a vintage winner and loser is. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I put out the call to Facebook um, to, to get people's yeah. ideas. And yeah, that was that was actually going really well. It um, was, except everybody's wrong and stupid. So this oh, is boy. okay. Th- this is the other point: is is <laughs> what we say, Steve goes. We are the final judge. Everything that we think and say is one hundred percent correct. Okay. Um, All right. That's good to know going into this. Yeah. yeah. So you guys oh. might want to like respond and be part of the show. No. <laughs> We're we're right. Well, uh, I mean, I just I mean, I'm gonna warn warn the listeners here that the text message that you had sent me, like, <laughs> like a, I don't know, a couple hours before we were starting, was essentially, I've got a lot of sky ideas coming. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to brace myself for that, but then uh, you know, I it, I never really can. And that's what I guess makes makes the Kivecast what it is. Like, well, well, yeah, that, that's what's fun. I said, yeah. I said, brace, brace yourself, but but it, it'll be fun. Obviously, we yeah. do we do care about what you think. Um, some of my points are intentionally provocative, uh, but well, mostly, yeah. Steve, I'm I'm trying to be insightful, and okay. I think there will be some surprises, especially at the top of the list. Okay, right. like what is the biggest winner? What is the biggest loser? Um, okay. I do think what we did last time is interesting. Is do we think this movie is on the whole? 
a victory for the hobby. What do you think, Steve? Well, I I'm not really sure. It, it's it seems to have uh, caused a lot of quite uh, crazy conversation. Um, but it doesn't seem like the conversation is, is centered on the collectible so much. It's just more of a it's like wow, when did the vintage like community become so so opinionated? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it, it's it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I had to stay away from it. I mean, like, like. I mean, you said you've kind of been diving into all this stuff. I once I kind of started to get a sense, I just had to step back and and kind of think about it myself and and not participate because I was just like, I can't handle this. <laughs> yeah, it's really intense. It's like uh, you know the scene in the trash compactor. Like <laughs> it's this Dianoga of divisiveness, and 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 I and I got grabbed by the leg, and I'm just down in the trash, and and I'm just <laughs> swimming, and I'm on every side. Um, yeah, uh-huh. and, and I'm fascinated by both sides of it. Um, yeah, good friend of the show, and uh, um, going to be probably a, a, an April um, guest on our show. Tommy Garvey um, mm-hmm. uh, appears to have lost his mind. He is. Yeah, he yeah, hates yeah. this movie. <laughs> and Tommy and I laugh a lot because we have a lot of opinions on movies, and the joke is that yeah. I'm I'm always wrong. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I've been teasing him on- online, and I'm teasing him right now. But like. Um, for a, a very rational, clear-headed person, his reaction has like caught me off guard, and a lot of people, yeah, yeah. like who love it, I feel the same way. And and there's something about this movie. And, and one of the things that Tommy said was that you know he's done with Star Wars, like he doesn't want Star Wars anymore. Right. Yeah. And he's not the only one. Yeah. So the question is, is it good for the hobby or not? Yeah. And now, I, what you, what's your take? Well, I don't think it matters. Like yeah. I, mean, I don't think what right. Tommy said matters because for prequel fans like myself, I heard them saying that in 2000 because it took them a year mm-hmm. to hate Force. I mean, uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. I heard them say that in 2002. I heard them say that in 2005. Star yeah. Wars fans have been done with Star Wars for longer <laughs> than there's been Star Wars. Uh, that's that's a valid point. And the numbers at Celebration keep going up. So I I, I think. To his credit, Ryan Johnson released a prequel that is a sequel. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good that's a good uh, quick description. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to make this point later, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tease it at the front. Um, he did to Luke Skywalker what George Lucas did to Anakin. Mm. Oh, you see, Steve. Ooh. You see, oh, right there. Boy. That's what's called a good thought. But we're going to tease mm-hmm. that. Let me yeah. tell you why I think it's good. Why it's the other reason that it's good. Um, this movie is awesome for kids. That yes, absolutely. This movie is a complete victory for kids. And and this is the thing, okay? The the original trilogy was for us as kids. Well, not mm-hmm. you because well, yeah. you were born in nineteen ninety nine. But like, it it was made for kids. And then the prequels came, and it was an old man thinking he was making it for kids, but not really. He was actually sort of making it for us, but he didn't yeah. know what we wanted. And everything got all confused. And and my kids love the prequels, and a lot of kids love the prequels, and there is a prequel generation. But undoubtedly, there's something kind of missing. There's like mm-hmm. – I think it's sort of the Star Wars magic. I think the Star Wars magic is kind of missing for the prequels in, in terms of kids, and mm-hmm. how they feel about yeah. it. Yes. This trilogy and this second movie totally solidifies it. 
is just the best. My daughter is insane. Like she just stares off into the space and just screams Star Wars. And she has like <laughs> four friends. They're all girls too, which is another great thing. And they're just totally crazy for Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. I think when we talk about the vintage hobby, okay, I get it. You know, she may not have the same connection um, to uh, uh, to one B or something, right? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's kind of like comic books. As long as comic books are important to the next generation, that generation will grow up, will get money, and buy the good comic books, right? Yeah, right. So if, if my daughter's friends grow up to be millionaires and they love Star Wars, they're not going to buy every Ray figure that's worth 10 bucks. They're going to say, oh – I, I, I want to get the I want to get the Luke figure because that's like the figure, just like yeah, just yeah. like I want to buy uh, Amazing Fantasy fifteen because that's the Spider Man thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, and you know, and speaking of of your daughter, her uh, her movie review, my goodness, <laughs> yeah. that thing is just awesome. I mean, I was rereading again today, and like my favorite part is. So don't say boo if it's different. <laughs> is that, I mean, I think that's what I read that as. Yes, it's hard that's to, what she it's said. Hard to tell. Is that what she said? Yeah, okay. she said don't say boo if it's different. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was um, really fun. She's just been um, – you know, it was – her birthday was December 14th. Right, right. So if you could imagine – okay, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get to the, the, the Last Jedi analysis. But, I mean, we talk a lot about nostalgia and, and all that stuff. Could you imagine, Steve – being as big of a fan of Star Wars as you were as a kid, and that's how big of a fan she is, and yeah, Star yeah. Wars coming out on, on your, your birthday. birthday. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's peak insanity there that's for for some that insanity. age. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and I I could totally you know agree with with this whole angle about kids because you know, the second time that I saw it, it was with I went to go see it with with Brock and we brought his seven-year-old son to see it when we saw it the second time. And I couldn't help but just look over at him. And he was already looking at me just with this, like, he was expecting me to, like, react along with him to certain things. So that that really just kind of blew my mind. And, uh, you know, it was just great to witness, so despite all the all the zaniness, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to in spots. But, right. um, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's... And really, Steve, it... It, it kind of boils down to four letters. P O R G. It's a hundred percent about the porgs. Um, the, one of the funniest things that happened was my daughter, we were, we were eating at Brugger's bagels for dinner. Cause um, that kind of dad. Um, and uh, my kids are vegetarians. So I can't just take them to McDonald's. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and my daughter just said offhandedly, I want a porg cake. <laughs> and normally that kind of request would be totally beyond my capabilities. Yeah. But I happen yeah. to have been dating for a couple months somebody who is well-versed in the art of cake bossery. So oh, man. I've got this dilemma in my head because obviously it's too early to introduce them and I don't want to get mixed up with like her birthday party and have it be like yeah. the, ex, the ex-wife and the girlfriend and all that. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't think that long. And so um, so I, I, I said I could do it. And, you know, I, I didn't lie. I just said somebody that I know. Her name's Laura. She's a great cake person. Uh, and it worked out perfectly. The thing is a, is a masterpiece. It's like, Steve, have you ever had a really fun cake? 
Uh, I mean, not that fun. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's some pretty pretty awesome birthday cakes, but uh, that thing is uh, pretty spectacular. It is, it is a three D representation of a K of a porg that's like fifteen inches tall, and yeah, it has and this beautiful face. And everyone got all sad when we were cutting it up. Um, <laughs> Did but, you preserve the head? <laughs> yes, we preserved the head. Oh, it's good, actually because it's cold out here, so I preserved yeah, yeah. the head in a little glass case. And it's outside on my uh, picnic table, and it looks in at us when we eat breakfast. <laughs> and it's also just a warning to any other, you know, forest animals that maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, eventually, the squirrels will figure out what's in there and start going right. at it. Um, and and then the other sort of fun. Uh, and this will get us back on vintage thing, you know. And my son is definitely a big fan as well. Um, yeah. Right. But you know, he's he's twelve, so he's definitely super into it. Um, but you know, being ten is. A particularly yeah. perfect age, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And today he was doing his his nebulizer for his asthma treatment, and uh, he was just like flipping through a book, you know, just to kill the time. And he's sitting there looking through Kellerman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, uh, this is going to help my intro to the show." Um, yeah. Yeah. Can it, can it possibly yeah. be good? I, I got my son looking at Kellerman. So, Steve, did you notice how we talked about all that? Yet we have yet to actually talk about what we think of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and not not in direct terms. That's, Is, that's isn't sure. that a fun trick? Um, yeah. Well, um, we're still not going to. I, I will. No, I will no. add one more weird thing, Steve. Just to okay, a personal intro. Okay, when you hear the blog log pod which is coming out next month. Okay. We uh, talked to fantastic Pete about all famous auctions. It's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, at the end, I mentioned that I think I have mono. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So, uh, what, what's the verdict there? <laughs> December 14th. It's my daughter's birthday. Okay. Star Wars comes out and I also had to go to an oncologist. <laughs> Whatever was wrong with me, they couldn't figure out. My blood work was wrong. I was exhausted uh-huh. at all times. I had a fever almost at all times. My liver hurt. They oh, had. Geez. I went and saw an oncologist who looked at my blood work and just said, yeah, I don't know what this is. This is weird. This is really funky. I mean, it's probably just a virus, but it's really funky. And then he called me later in the day being like, normal liver numbers are 40. Yours are 447. Whoa. So you may have to go to the hospital. And so – just if you could imagine the emotional weight of like having a realistic chance of having cancer on the day that Star Wars comes out and your daughter's birthday. I, I have never been a bigger mess of emotions in my entire life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But after all that, like four more tests, I had more blood drawn than a, one of those weird vampire like succubi. Um, I ended up just having a variation of uh, Epstein-Barr or as my dad calls it, Wilkes-Barr. Um, a variation of Epstein Bar, so it's not mono, but it's very close to it. Okay. Cool. So, anyways, um, so that if you if you wondered, Steve, why I didn't edit the show, um, I usually edit the show at ten o'clock at night, and I fell asleep yeah. at like eight thirty every single day. It was miserable. Yeah, 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 man. Well, are you feeling somewhat better? I hope. Yeah, it's nine forty-five, and I'm I'm going now. <laughs> All right, good. My main excitement because you... this was supposed to be a really quick episode. It's 15 minutes in, and so we've talked about poor cakes, and we've talked about um, cancer wards, um, but we haven't talked about the winners and losers, Steve. No, no. I guess we, uh, we better get to it then, huh? Yes, we better get to it. I should warn everybody, I'm not going to edit this. Um, I am just going to make sure that the sound levels are even, 
there's going to be no drops. So I'm going to like throw the drops in, you know, I'm just going to release it quickly because it's the, it is December 21st. I want to drop this on the 22nd. So when people are traveling to Christmas, when they're going to go see the movie again, they can think about this and they can argue with it. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Yep. Raw untamed kite cast. Yes. That's our new thing, which I don't think matters. I don't think people care about my stupid production and my stupid songs. So this is good. (laughs) All right. So where, where are we, where are we, where are we starting here? We have 13 winners and 13 <laughs> losers, Steve. Okay, okay that, that's a little bit better than – the last text I got was 13 categories. I didn't know if that meant that each category had like 10. No. <laughs> All right. No, but this All is right. it, Steve. This is a very divisive movie, okay? Yes. Um, yeah. It seems as though half the people love it and half the people hate it, okay? Seems, seems to be. It seems yeah. to be. Time will tell. I think people are going to come around and, and love this movie over time. That's just my opinion. What I realized was in developing my winners and losers, they naturally shook into like categories, like a hmm. winner in a category and a loser in a category. Yeah. Okay. And so these are the 13 categories. Okay. All right. Rebel pilots, mm-hmm. droids, Vader, power of the Jedi, nostalgia-tastic, sort of featured, Kylo's parents, Han adjacent, cuteness. Not in movie, cool guys. Number two is the divider, and number <laughs> one is the unifier. Ooh. All right. All right. So let's start with the simplest one, Steve. Winners and losers. Number 13. <laughs> okay. How am I going to do this? Okay. Category Rebel Pilots. Steve, where do you think this is going? Well, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it seems to be uh, the one thing that you can kind of depend on uh, in terms of a loser. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I, I've kind of accepted it at this point. So, so if you don't – if this is the first time listening to the show, you may not know this. Stephen B. Danley is the world's biggest and most important collector of a character called the B-Wing Pilot. Uh, a B-Wing was a vehicle that only existed in the original trilogy. For some reason, no one will allow it to exist anywhere else. And that's why it's the number 13 loser in our category. <laughs> there was no B-Wings. There's no pilots. Instead, they okay. had these weird bomber things, Steve. Well, see, so yeah, the, this is – I had this on my list. I actually – I had a winner and loser kind of combined with this. I don't know if you'll let me yes. – it's not really a county argument, but it's just a, a different take, I guess. I definitely put the B-Wing pilot as a complete loser because, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, in the one scene that has quasi B-Wings, I'm like, come on. You know, there's got to be – no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, by the way, spoilers everywhere. If you haven't seen the movie, right, uh, turn sure. this off. Okay? Turn this off <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean I, I – you know, but that, at the same time, the B-Wing itself is is – kind of a winner in the sense that I think both both of its kind of crucial parts are used in two different new ships. I don't know. I, I think that I guess that goes back into loser. <laughs> no, you see and this is why I wanted to start off with B-wing pilot. I, right. I mean with the B-wing. I spent 5 minutes trying to think like is this a winner or a loser? And it's oh, kind of okay. both. All right. I think yeah, it's kind yeah. of both because That's, again, yeah. if we think about kids when they grow up, 
30 years from now, and if they want to get a vehicle, they might just say, oh, this was the old version of, uh, of, uh, of that ship that Paige Tico flew. Cool. Right. And yeah. it, it might end up being kind of a winner. Um, we'll see. <laughs> how about the design on those things? One hit and the entire thing blows up. Dude, I, I actually loved how janky they were. I mean, yes. I, I loved that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and by the way, um, if if you could, I think I need to uh, to text Tessa and see if you say janky as much off the podcast as you do on the podcast. Oh, well, I, it applies to a lot of things in my life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's my, my Christmas light job is pretty janky. Uh, <laughs> most every other, you know, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's a defining trait. Yes. Um, oh, DJ was quite janky as a character. Uh, He's probably yeah. not going to be coming up later. So. Um, probably not. And yeah. the number 13 winner is, of course, the A-Wing and the A-Wing pilot. Yep. That's, I had that on there, too. Uh, yeah. I, it was great in the sense that I, I like the uh, the blue color scheme that they're going with a lot of these things these days. I thought that was, that was kind of nifty. Um, the pilot... You know, are you including the pilot in this as well? Yeah, yeah, A-wing and pilot. That's All right. sort of yep. Yeah, a package. Yeah, nope. I uh, I'd agree. All right, Steve. Let's keep this moving on yep. with the number twelve loser and winner. This category is droids. Okay, Steve. This was another one. Almost every single one of these, I couldn't decide. Yeah, I picked C three PO to be a winner and R two D two to be a loser. So did I. I think you can make an argument that you could flip them. I think so too. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with this. R2-D2 is a loser because what makes R2-D2 R2-D2 is that he is the watching eye. He is the guy who is a part of everything. That's what makes the first six movies amazing. He knows everything. Yeah. There's this great um, Star Wars remix album that came out called Headspace from a couple years ago. And there's a whole song just called R2 Knows. And it's this really funny song about how R2 knows everything that's going on. Huh. But R2 yeah, yeah. doesn't know anything. No, no. I, you know, and it's one of those things that really kind of took me by surprise given how the last one ended. Um, you, you, they made like this obvious decision to bring R2 on this trip. And then all of a sudden he's just back in the garage again. It just didn't seem... That is Digby stealing a water bottle from the recycling bin, if you hear that. <laughs> Janky. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's just totally, you know, off off in the garage again. But um, you could almost say he's a winner because the one scene with him was great. And It was, yeah. And it ended with a porg on him. So. That's that's true. Yeah, that, that I, I did like that. And in terms of the scene he was in, I... That was kind of a tough one for me, and that was partly why I put him in the in the loser category in the sense that, like, to me, like, this movie, and or a lot of people that may not be so happy with it, he's kind of grasping at the past a little bit with, with that hologram. And that's basically, it's like, to me, it's like a desperate move, which they kind of set it up that way, but... That's just kind of that's just it. Like once once that's done, it's 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 kind of over for him. Yeah. So I'd say he's a loser, and C three PO's a winner just because he's he hasn't changed. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, he's clueless and annoying and uptight. Um, but but Luke winking at him is great. Yes. Yes. Um, it was more like the the other characters' uh, interactions with him or, or their responses toward him that that made him a winner for me. Not so much. 3PO himself, I guess. Wait a minute. 
which now that I'm thinking about it, that's part of the re- that's part of the problem with the prequels. Is Lucas yeah. didn't write people reacting to C three PO very much. No, no, you're right. But in this one, I mean, it's you know Poe tells him with the odds, you know, shut up about the odds. Leia has Le- Leia's, Leia's best line. line yeah, you know, wipe that absolutely. nervous look off your face. Ah, oh, that's um, so good. So yeah, no, C three PO is definitely a winner because he gets to not only be back to being C three PO, but he's back to how C-3PO should be written. Now, the hope is that they're going to just lead this into C-3PO and R2-D2 being together again because there's no reason not to. Well, at this point, they're all on the same ship. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. That's another one where we kind of lined up. All right. Yeah. Now, next is a, right. a Vader category, Steve. Okay. And I think Darth Vader kind of lost. Mm. Because he just wasn't that important. Yeah. I, I mean, Kylo Ren was wearing his cape and mm-hmm. it wasn't even mentioned. Only super nerds know that. Um, the, the memory of him was sort of there, but, but it didn't feel like it was really about Vader. Like no. the last one. No, like the last no, one. no, 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 not, not nearly like the last one at all. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd agree. Um, but, I would say that um, – oh, wait a minute. Vader doesn't – oh, I was wrong about something. I, I was saying that a winner is the TIE Interceptor. Oh, OK. Because Kylo yeah. Ren flies one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I got actually, that mixed that was... up because Darth Vader doesn't fly one of those. So <laughs> <laughs> a loser is my category. You are – as I think Ron said somewhere, your fan card is revoked. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know what, Steve? I'm, I'm just – I'm kidding. Come on. Okay. So, so here's the background on that. My son was sick, you know, like I mentioned. <laughs> and we were watching Return of the Jedi and there's a scene where there's an Ewok who totally has a gun. Okay? I couldn't believe you'd never noticed that. <laughs> I don't care about guns, Steve. I don't know. I well, just well, never noticed that. it. It's just – I know how much you love Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I posted on Facebook the way that I do and, and people just savaged me. It's like, what, you think I didn't know that was going to happen? Like, I knew that was going to happen. That was, I was trying to amuse you with my ignorance. Yes, right. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Right. Well, yeah, okay, I, I agree. TIE Interceptor, it was a winner because that's, you know, basically what, what that ship was modeled after. And, um, yeah, it was, I, I guess you could, you could say it's a hybrid of, of the Interceptor and Invader's old ship, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it was turned into a Lego and it, it's just it has that sort of the cool Kylo-ness to it. And yeah. I thought him flying around was great. Um, definitely one of my favorite prequel nods is when he started spinning. I, I um, yeah. yeah. You can't not think about that, really. And that's intentional. And it's not making yeah, fun no. of it. It's, it's not destroying no, no. it. But it's no. like, Steve, you have to understand something, okay? Spinning is a good trick, okay? <laughs> it's a good trick. So, oh, oh God! <laughs> Ooh, a lot of rankings of Star Wars movies on Facebook lately. It's been... uh, I, I can't do that either. I just eh. yeah. I, we'll we'll uh, we'll give that at the end. Um, All right. After we hit stop on the recorder. Okay, number ten is I called the power of the Jedi. Okay. So this took me a while. If you asked me after the first viewing, I would have said loser. But after the second and third, I am placing Yoda firmly in the winner category. Yes, absolutely. Now, I say that for the first one because I, I couldn't quite 
get a read on the on the visuals. Um, yeah, because it's sort of computer, and but it's a puppet. Well, but it's a computer yeah. altered puppet. And... Yeah, no, this is what was so weird for me that the first time that he showed up, I think throughout the whole scene, something just felt really unsettling about it. Uh, but then the second time, it seemed weird at first, but as the scene progressed, uh, he seemed to start looking better. Uh, I, I'm not really sure why that is, but at least that's just how my eyes kind of took it in. Is that, that first shot just looks weird, um, but then it gets better. And and the main reason that he's a winner, and I could have put him a lot higher in this. But, yeah, yeah. But people, obviously, Yoda's really special. What? Uh, and again, I, I get. I don't want to get too sidetracked, but people really like complaining about stuff, and so they find something they can complain about, and they complain about it, and then they feel proud of themselves because they feel smarter than the thing they're complaining about, and, and that often makes them not pay attention to things that are really good. So what Ryan Johnson understands is that Yoda has to be the dispenser of the truest, deepest knowledge. Like the greatest truths have to come from Yoda. And that was true in the original trilogy and that was true in the prequel trilogy. And here it is and it's true in this whole trilogy because he's the one who lays out this whole concept which is an unpleasant concept and is a concept that 50% of the people dislike so much they don't even want yeah. to watch the movies, Right. which yeah. is people fail. Failure is a part of life. Heroes fail and you can learn from failure. That He shows up to sit – now, when I first saw the movie, I didn't really understand everything he was saying because it's garbled a little bit. The sound's a little bit, right. a little bit yeah, uh, yeah. janky. Um, <laughs> but him saying that failure you – know, that Luke, I wanted you to pass on what you've learned and pass on your failures. And, and so the whole movie is about learning how to fail and learning how to learn from failure. Yeah. yeah. And so, of course, it's an unpleasant movie to people because people want to – people – it's kind of like in the prequels, how people got really angry because they don't like things to be morally mixed. They want it to be black and white. And the prequels really confusing because there weren't really any good guys. There weren't really any bad guys for the whole time. And so then they just sort of turn against it and get angry and shut it off. And, and like for this, it's like you want to see heroes being heroes. But this movie explains that a hero has to fail. Like, like heroes are fallible. Yeah. And that makes yeah. them better heroes. Yeah. I, no, it's, I mean, uh... so, so you can go out there and you can show me the other movies that are doing that right now. I'll wait because I can't think of any movies that are like that. A movie that's about how heroes fail. It's yeah, awesome. No, it's, yeah, no, it's it was uh, it was especially yeah. Once you kind of got over the the visual um, discomfort, I think, um, and really once I really tried to digest what was going on, yeah, it's become. I mean, that shot of uh, of him and Luke looking at the burning tree, I think, is my my favorite shot in the film. Right. Um, easily. Um, and, and that, yeah, go ahead. And, you know, wrapping in the prequels again, it's like Yoda failed. Yeah, right. And so Yoda had to learn from that failure himself. And that's, so Lucas made it that Yoda learned from his failures in the prequels in the original trilogy. So he yeah. had to write Yoda's failures retroactively. Yes. And then this is the next generation learning how to learn from its failures. 
Yeah. Right. But first, we, 40-year-olds or whatever, you're 11, um, <laughs> we have to learn that our heroes fail. And that's just a really unpleasant and difficult thing to live with. And a lot of people just say, I don't want to. It's not that, – that's not my hero. It's like, all right, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your hero. You know, like He-Man, right? I mean, He-Man doesn't fail, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume. It's been I don't a while think so. since I've watched He-Man. <laughs> I, I loved He-Man. If I, if I have to tell the truth, Steve, I probably liked He-Man ten times as much as I liked Star Wars growing up. <laughs> but there's a reason that I don't do a podcast about He-Man. About he That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. It's probably so, a good thing. Um, so anyway, so just uh, Yoda yeah. was just so that – he delivered the central message of – I think it will be of the whole trilogy, not for the young people but for the older generation. Yeah. That, right. that it's OK to fail. It's OK to let go of the past. You have yeah. to pass on what you learned from your victories and you have to pass on what you learned from your failures. And we are what they surpass, right? Yeah. 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 And, and as a teacher, it is entirely true. Was, I was going to say uh, that had to resonate with you being a, being a, a teacher. like. That's it makes complete sense. Yeah, um, I think the line is "We are what they leave behind," something like that. Some, something like that. No, but we are more, what they go Yoda. beyond. Something yes. like that. Yeah, pretty Yoda-ish. Um, we're getting getting back to the to the vintage side of things. Yes. I don't know. If I meant to mention this a second ago, but I guess that first shot to me, his expression looks like the expression of the vintage action figure. That kind of oh, just weird little smirk that just, yeah, but it <laughs> sticks. Like, it doesn't really change. It just, uh, it, he has permanent, like, vintage Yoda face throughout that entire scene, which I, at first it was kind of odd, but then, you know, I, I kind of grew to appreciate it. And uh, maybe a, a secondary winner would be the, the Dagobah playset because of that, that tree, you know, yeah. that, that kind of tree-shaped thing. I, 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 think you're right. I don't know if you got to that. No, but. no, no, I didn't. No, I, I think you're right. We could kind of put that uh, uh, as as uh, 10A, um, winner 10A. Yeah, and I think especially for the figure that it is Yoda more like he was in the original trilogy. And the the fear that I, the first time I watched it, I, my hackles were up because I'm like, okay, this is yeah. just going to be vintage exploitation. This right, is going right. to be like that travesty. Travesty from Rebels. I mean, that, I don't know what. That oh God, was. that's right. Yeah, I, I forgot about like, that. And I feel bad. I might be piling on. Maybe there's some people who really like Rebels, and, and you want to tell me how I'm wrong. I'm open. To, I'm I'm open to being wrong about this. But my my take at this point is just like Yoda, and like, oh, we got Frank Oz. Isn't it great? No, it's terrible. Like Tom Kane is Yoda in Clone Wars. Perfect. The the Yoda and Rebels was terrible, so I thought it was going to be kind of like a like a just oh here's a legacy character just to placate you. So the entire right, no, first no. time I watched it with clenched teeth. Yeah, yeah, so did I. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh, that that that's changed. <laughs> yeah, and and now yeah. I can just appreciate it, and and yeah. all every single one of his lines is great. You know, the, yeah, the yeah. fact that everything that Luke was hemming and hawing about. Because, you know, it's funny, like part of Luke's job in the movie is to have people come up to him who say that something matters and he goes, no, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that Luke thinks really matters, Yoda shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to blow up that tree. It, it really – it's just a tree, dude. You just <laughs> chill out. This isn't some big act, you know? <clears throat> uh, yeah. No, it's, it's – uh, it, is, it is great. Um, so who's your who's your loser in this category? My number ten loser. 
I would say in the Power of the Jedi category, it's Obi Wan. Yeah. Yep. That's... Um, because what happened was Obi Wan, Han Solo, became Obi Wan in the Force Awakens. Yeah. Right. Just narratively, it had to work that way. So Luke doesn't end up being like the new Obi Wan. No. He's like a new Yoda slash old Luke, right? Like he's not just like Yoda, but I mean, there's a there's a ton of Yoda about him, you know. Yes. Not yeah. being what you expect, and, and all this stuff, and grumpy and weird and unexpected. So Obi Wan feels kind of squeezed out. He of, does. Yeah. Of this this trilogy. I feel like we'd even mention that in the the one for the Force Awakens too. Um, maybe, and it seems like it's ringing a bell that, that 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 was a note that we had touched on. But in this in this case, it's it's kind of extra clear that that um yeah he's kind of he's kind of out. Oh, do you feel people typing? They're typing. Yeah, but what about Kylo Ren's real name being Ben? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Stupid name. Um, <laughs> So that's the number 10 loser. So for winners, we've had A-Wing, C-3PO, TIE Interceptor, and Yoda. For losers, we've had B-Wings, R2-D2, Vader, and Obi-Wan. Now we have Nostalgia-tastic. Mm. I'm going to start with the loser for Nostalgia-tastic. And my son, I, I asked my son, you know what, 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 you know, what do you think lost? And I'm sort of expecting him to say you know, some of the things further on the list. He goes, hmm. Hammerhead. I was like, I was like I, of course, I'm swelling with pride the fact that my son's answer is Hammerhead. He's like, well, how do you mean? I was like, there's no Hammerhead in the movie. Like, not, e- not even on the, ca- on the casino planet. So my number nine loser is the Cantina Aliens. Um, yeah. Once yeah. again, listen, I like a lot of things about this trilogy. Michael Kaplan, the, the alien designer... Yeah. The, the dude has a certain way he likes to design aliens, and it's yes. the it's the Eloasty pilot guy, you know, the sort of weird fish face guy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's a style, kind of like there's a Jim there Henson is. style. There's a Michael Kaplan style, and that style does not have Snaggletooth, Hammerhead, or Walrus Man at all in there. <laughs> or Greedo, <laughs> yeah, or Greedo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say that that's a definite like. At this point, I didn't want them to overuse them because that is true in Clone Wars, especially when they didn't have that many models. It right, was like right. every alien was an Athorian. That's a hammer. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, um, right. But this one's just gone too far. I mean, we need one. <laughs> just it doesn't have to be featured, but you just have to know because the odds of them not being there at all. Anyways, so <laughs> so that that was right. uh, that was um, my, my son's very deft observation. Yeah. And the number nine winner, Steve, I think it's an AT-80. Oh, okay. And I, okay. Think, yeah. I think for nostalgia's uh, sake, I think it's it's fun seeing them. They don't do that much. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that they literally didn't have to do anything. Like they, <laughs> with those with those janky viewing things, they didn't really – they just literally had to stand there. And that, <laughs> that's basically it. I mean there was no, no chance. So, um, yeah, I mean – but you know, I, if I remember right, there were original walkers kind of sprinkled in there, weren't there? Yes, there were. Um, okay. But the reason that I, I, well, first of all, there's one word that would have made this movie a lot better. Okay. Mm. Okay. 
siege. That's what they were doing. They were laying siege to the rebel base. Yeah. But they didn't say that. Mm -mm. It's in the complete dictionary or whatever. Oh. So it's like when you understand it as a siege, it makes a lot more sense. Like they're just trying to trap them and not let them out. Yeah. Right, right. So I I love the crate scene. See it a third time, Steve. The crate scene for some reason was my favorite thing this time. And the first two times I thought it was dumb. Um, But (laughs) – not dumb, but just like it, the the yeah. the weird sand skimmer versus like what what's the plan? Um, uh, that's I mean that's yeah. It came to I came to the realization that it it is li- literally obliteration. I mean, there's just yeah. It, it's not like the Empire Strikes Back when they're merely trying to stave the Empire off to just get out. It's like well, we're in this hole <laughs> right. we're going to try and do anything and um and you knew i mean they they kind of made it like over clear how how little chance that they had um right. which yeah I, I think i think it does work um at first i'm like yeah there, there really isn't much actually that's going to happen here <laughs> right but yeah but it's yeah. it does make sense that if they take out the big cannon then the siege will last a lot longer and they'll be able mm-hmm. to wait longer. But they never right, said the word right. siege. So it no. felt like they were just trying to do a Hoth thing of like trying to take out all the walkers, which is what they weren't trying to do. No, um, no. But the reason that the ATATs win is because there's this one little moment, Steve, mm-hmm. where when Kylo's you know, going crazy, and I, I want every gun to shoot <laughs> at that one man who... <laughs> Um, there's a, and a, Napoleon is, uh, has grown up a little bit. <laughs> now it puts the lotion in the basket or it gets the hose again. Um, take my hand, please. Um, there's like the main ATAT like readjusts. I don't care yes. if it's called something else. Like it yeah, like, yeah. digs in. Yes. That one moment is like the coolest moment. Like that is it, so yeah. cool. Yeah. And and I do think it it just helps to have them and featured in there and featured in the all the advertising and it was a Toys R Us poster and even though they don't do much, um, my kids might still be awake. So I'll just tell you that I got my daughter the uh, ATAT Lego, but I, oh, man. I, I, I'm gonna play with it. I don't think I don't think yeah. I'm gonna let her play with it. Um, <laughs> but so and that's the way I kind of think that they're winners. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of the, the continuation of that design is just awesome. And when people – if people like that, they're going to want to go back and they're going to want to get the real thing, which is, of course, an AT-AT. Um, so that's my number nine winner. Um, hey, Steve. Let's <laughs> yes. have a little break. Okay. <laughs> actually, actually, because, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of you know other podcasts. And there's um there's lots of breaks you know and sometimes yes, you know yeah. um you know um a break is coming because you know there's like like music in the background yeah um, yeah and then they start talking about stuff that yeah. that helps them pay for yeah. oh hey so Steve uh, yeah I want to talk about our good friends at you should probably just buy a used car <laughs> um <laughs> you know it's really tempting to go out there and like buy a new car because it's really fun. Um, yeah. you get to, it smells yeah. good and it feels all fresh and new, uh, like but, the fresh driven snow. <laughs> there's something to be said for for a used car, though. <laughs> yeah, you see, used cars are what smart people buy, okay? Because cars depreciate the second they go off the lot, and especially if we're talking about like a high quality, you know, well made car, you don't need to have like a brand new car. 
And you certainly don't need to buy a car because it's affiliated with Star Wars. That's just the silliest thing you could possibly do. So uh, that's our advertisement is um, just buy buy a used car, you know, because. Uh, yep. Okay. Good. All right. Now getting back to our list. Um, how did that work out, Steve? Uh, I think that was uh, about as good as it could get. <laughs> wow. That is. Wow. Steve, you yeah. cut me to the core. <laughs> As, that was about as good as it would get. Not as good as it can get. Okay, fine. We'll move on, Steve. <clears throat> so, the number eight loser. Uh-oh. And this hello? is what... Hello? Steve? Uh-oh. What's wrong? I'm, I can hear you. What's, go, what's going on? Okay, so listen, guys. Um, Steve is getting weird, but I'm not going to hit stop so I can record this. Steve, mm-hmm. are you back? Dude, did you, did you just hit mute? You hit mute. Didn't no, you? I, I didn't. Uh, I did lose you for a second. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got you now. Is everything okay? Yeah, it's fine. I, I made sure to be entertaining while, while you were uh, while good. You were off. Good. All Just right. so you know, space freaks, the number of times that this happens during the episode is many, and I cut yes. them out. Now you get to hear when Steve goes, "Uh oh," and I'm just sitting there going, "I'm here." Uh oh, what's going on? <laughs> and then he just like punches Digby for no reason, and it's terrible. <laughs> um, so. The next category, Steve, is called Sort of Featured. Okay. And my loser is highly, highly controversial, Steve. Oh. My number eight loser is Nine Numb. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to cause a lot of uh, strife with that one. He doesn't do anything, Steve. <laughs> He's not a pilot. Okay, he's not a general. He's not an admiral. He's not on a ground crew. Okay, <laughs> he's just an ugly fish face. Like he doesn't do <laughs> a single thing. If he did anything, Steve, it would be interesting. But he's just set dressing. You know, <laughs> this is two movies in a row where he doesn't do a thing. Nah. That's not – he did at least pilot a ship in That's the last true. one. That's yeah. true. I think he made it yeah. onto the winner's list there. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel too- like he must have just had a, an awesome scene that was cut, you know? Yeah. I mean you, would you like to argue that he's a winner, Steve? You can. I, I, the, only, the only argument I can, I can put is that he just merely survives and persists. Yes. <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a miracle really. I mean – I don't know if you noticed him kind of – he was in that scene when they're trying to escape through the tunnel. I'm like, oh, hey, he's still – there he is. No, oh, no, I didn't see him <laughs> And then there. he's – yeah, yeah. And that, that was what kind of – I laughed when I saw him there. I mean I, I saw him at the end the first time. But the second time, I look and he's in there. He's running around in the tunnel with that big goofy head and he's doing fine. So, yeah, I mean just for, for mere persistence, you got to – I have to give him a little bit of credit. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll disagree on that one, Steve. All what right. do you guys think? Put it in the comments section of the notes. Okay. And then number eight winner, and this is purely for the kid factor. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be the ATSD. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the scene of BB 8 driving the ATSD is totally stupid. <laughs> but were I a child, the scene of BB 8 driving the ATSD was the funniest, coolest thing I've ever seen. Now, where do you put that against R2-D2 flying around with rockets all of a sudden? 
Well, see, that doesn't bother me at all. So we're, we're no, yeah. If we're talking, if we're talking about prequels, Steve. Come on, I've 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 got Epstein Bar virus. You want you want me to start going into defending the prequels here, Steve? No, 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 no. We don't we don't need to do that. But uh, with with this being quite a prequel heavy in terms of its DNA, I thought I thought I'd try and and, and draw a comparison there. But I'm all right. It's okay. It's 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 a weird droid driving a thing, and yeah. it's totally stupid. Yeah. But it's this is the thing, right? This is part of the reason why it's so tricky when we're talking about the backlash against this movie, okay? There are so many things from the original trilogy that were, the first time you see them, you would have left if you were a 46-year-old dude and you would have said, that is totally BS. I can't believe it. It's so stupid. I'm done. I don't like this. This Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's father is dumb and cheap and it's a gimmick and it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it at all. None of this works. Like the number of times that there are things that you would have said, I'm out. This is dumb. This is too much. This is a plot hole. This is stupid. <laughs> but when you're a kid, you just accept it. So what happened with the original trilogy is we saw it as a kid and we loved it. And then we just laughed at it. Okay? <laughs> so I'm going to Tashi Station to pick up power converters. We love that. I Hate Sand is the greatest travesty that's ever been committed to paper. It's the same <laughs> screenwriter. It's the same bad writing. But we just like one because we first saw it when we were kids. <laughs> Am I wrong, Steve? Well, I'd say we still need to wait quite a few years to, to really, <laughs> to really get the the true uh, the true uh, fate of I hate sand. <laughs> I still defend it's that still, line. It's still too fresh. The wound is still too fresh. I think for for a lot of people. But all right, hey, all right. We got to get out of this prequel talk. Yes, we got to um, get, get out of it. Right, so, so, but where are we at now? So the ATST is the number eight winner. I think just because uh, I, I think for kids growing up, they're going to really like that scene. And I could imagine yeah. in 30 years there being an ATST focus collector who's like, believe it or not, but like, I just thought that was so cool that BB 8 drove it. And there's not that many ways to like be connected to BB 8 with the original trilogy, the vintage line. So an ATST is a way to be with BB 8 in the vintage line. So. <laughs> And you're trying there to tell you me you're not putting your BB-8s inside the ATSTs now? I know you are. Ooh. Okay. Number, what, seven, Steve? I think we're at seven. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so this category I call Kylo's parents. <laughs> okay. So you're sitting in there wondering, well, you know who his parents are, but which one does Sky think is a winner? Which one does he think is a loser? <laughs> the loser is definitely Han, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just, I mean, he was very important in the first. This is the thing. I thought with him dying, his heroic death in Seven, and I thought that it was a huge thing for Han and that Han was going to explode in popularity and love. He didn't. Right? I mean, I don't think so. But, yeah. There's maybe a little bit of a bump, but not that huge. and. And I don't know, like he just, he didn't really figure that much in. It was kind of sad at the beginning. They sort of mentioned him. Um, but it really becomes clear that this is more of a Skywalker story than it yeah. is, than it is, uh, original three story. Yeah. There, there is one moment that, that 
I didn't perceive that this way the first time, but the second time I did. And that, and it speaks to, to me, this is where Han's presence was, was really felt. It was with that scene at the, you know, the confrontation at the end and Luke tells him, you know, I'm going to haunt you like your father basically. And he gives him a see around kid. And at first that just made me cringe. I just like, wait, wait, what? That's not. And then, you know, the, the actual, you know, the actual meaning of that just set in too late for me. I just realized that's it's it's hard for me to to unpack and explain eloquently. But I, you know what I'm getting at, right? I I think. But then okay. you really lost me at the end. Yeah. Sorry. So, okay. Let me let me let me okay. try this again. So Luke's last <laughs> words are "See you around, kid." Yeah. And he's and quoting Han Solo. Yeah. When does Han Solo say it? I forget. Well, it may not be that specifically, but Lose the way your that fan he would card. Well, <laughs> it, he would always refer to Luke as as kid right. throughout the originals, and and that it just I don't know it resonated with me a lot, and that 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 was where I really yeah he, he does not figure into it nearly as much as as I would have thought, um, but I think that that one moment makes up for it a lot. Yeah. So I I put him in the loser category. Yeah. And that, yeah, that leaves yet. the other parent as a winner, and that's going to be Leia. Yeah. Um, I thought she was – okay. Let's uh, – we have to have some hard truths about acting in this movie, Steve. I I actually hold the unpopular opinion that, that Mark Hamill actually didn't do a great job of acting in this movie. Really? Well, we'll get to that hmm. later. But okay. No, I actually yeah. don't want to get into it later because it doesn't really yeah. impact his – because the role is so great. But I, I don't think he always pulls it off. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher in Force Awakens was like a problem. Like she just – she was a problem. Like she would come on screen and she'd look right but like every line was like stilted and it was just clear that she doesn't feel comfortable acting, right? Mm-hmm. She's a, a dog walking on its hind legs. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not to say yeah. that she wasn't a great actress. She was, but in these movies. So in episode eight, I didn't, I didn't like clench my teeth waiting for her to talk and say, oh, this no. is going to stink. Because no, no. all of her lines were delivered more or less naturally. Um, she had a lot of funny lines. She was kind of back to her sassy self in a way that felt more organic than it did in episode seven. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she wasn't pouting the whole time about Han or about Kylo or whatever it was. Um, and I think it's time that we talk about it, Steve. Okay. What, what, what's, <laughs> what's your take on it, Steve? Well, I mean, I thought that, that she – I completely agree. Like going on that note about um, you know, her, her sassiness or, or whatever, the way – I think that it was a line in, in episode seven that just kind of always makes me cringe about how don't that uh, it was whatever that Han did on the Death Star, like not like the Death Star. And I just, it d- never really sat well with me and it didn't feel natural at all. But her, uh, her dialogue in this, it, it was completely natural. Like it, it just, I don't know. It was a complete, I wouldn't say it was a, a complete, you know, 180, but uh, it was close to that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. It it was it was really good. Um what I was trying to get up to, Steve, was it. The moment. Probably oh, okay. the, the most divisive moment. Yeah, I guess it probably is, isn't it? Yeah. So Princess Leia flying through space. 
I yeah. don't understand why everybody is so upset about this. Now, the first time yeah, I the, saw it, I was like, mm-hmm. what? That's weird. But then by the time it was over, I was like, oh, yeah, that sort of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, this is the this is the internet problem, Steve. Again, if people can say something, they think it's important. They think that by by saying that it looks like Mary Poppins, they are somehow smart and imbued with an intelligence of observation. It's like no dingbat. You just saw Guardians of the Galaxy two where they mentioned Mary Poppins, and it's fresh in your head, you little corporate drone. Now think for yourself. There's. Uh, I'm just saying, it's okay yeah. not to like the scene, okay? But uh, yeah, but the right. ganging up on it about how it's the same thing with with Luke uh, milking that uh, horrible monster. <laughs> that is just the greatest, by the way. Maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie. I, uh, did you Did you see that email I sent you earlier today? I, I, did, I had yeah. a revelation about that. that okay, now, so, yeah, okay, yeah. So, okay, Steve. Why don't you talk? Because since we're talking about the milking scene, Steve, what was your revelation? <laughs> So I was trying to figure out where in the hell I'd seen that thing before. It looked eerily familiar, and I realized that what I was thinking of was that weird dragon thing in the holiday special animated sequence that uh, that Luke tries to fight off. And it's got this goofy face, it's got this goofy expression, and it just it's a goofy-looking creature that looks kind of like – it just reminded me of these weird things. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that, is that what he's milking right now? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it could be, Steve. I, I I didn't see the connection that much, but I I appreciate your um, your going out to left field on that one. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I love that scene, and the more I watch the scene with her in space, this is why I like it because Leia mm-hmm. has the Force. Right. She's never yeah. used the Force, so when would she use the Force? Would it be to fight somebody? Would it be to punch somebody? To lift up a rock? No. Leia would use the Force because it's necessary for the rebellion. Like, her job wasn't done. This whole movie is about how it's important not to be a dead hero, but to be a leader, right? That's what she says to Poe, right? Right. That's right. what Poe realizes at the end. You have to be a dead, not be a dead hero, but be a leader. And then, like, the, um, Laura, Bruce Dern's daughter, Laura Dern, sort of realizes the opposite, that in order to be a leader, she had to become a dead hero. So that's an interesting parallel. And part of the reason the movie is so well-written, it's hilarious. But, <clears throat> like, this idea that she, oh, she magically has these powers, she's not trying to save no. herself. She no, wouldn't no, no, have done no. that to save herself. She's doing it because the rebellion needs her. And that is what makes her such a great character, is the yeah. selflessness and the spirit of service. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think it it kind of it just got close to the to the border, but it didn't it didn't cross it. I think it I, I it didn't bother me at all. And, um, and all this stuff about oh they've never done this before, whatever it is. What amazes me, Steve, is the amount of things that this movie did that Star Wars has never done before that people who are complaining don't even mention. <laughs> okay, do you know what's the weirdest thing, Steve? What's that? Every single Star Wars movie, including Rogue One, has ended in the same way. This is the first movie not to end with a wordless montage. Mm. There's a wordless montage, and then somebody talks, and then the stable boy thing happens. Right. 
that's the that's the biggest f u to Star Wars fans, in my opinion. It's not about whether or not Leia can fly. It's like this amazing thing that Lucas. I don't know if he invented it. I can't think of other places where I've seen it. I mean, it it did the amazing parallel editing of of the fighting scenes on different places that Lucas is also amazing at. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, and the movie used flashbacks. I haven't heard anyone mention that. The movie yeah. used yeah. stop motion photography. The movie used voiceovers. All of these gigantic faux pas in the Star Wars world. And they're sitting around talking about bombs not being able to drop in space. <laughs> if you want to complain about the movie, that's fine. But there's actually some real structural things about what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And, yeah. And this yeah. is going back to Leia flying and like she doesn't do that. That's part of the reason I don't care. It's like I noticed all of these differences, Steve. Yeah. yeah. But I just don't care. It doesn't matter. Like it, it, it's light. Star Wars is light now. It's not. It's it's a forever thing. It's a it's a comic book. It's like there. If you don't like this issue, the next story arc might be one that you like. So if someone wants to come in and shake things up, it will regain its shape. You know. And, yeah. And yeah. so. I didn't like that they didn't have the wordless montage. I wish that he could have edited it better so that it maintained that tradition. Mm-hmm. But then I just shrugged and said, well, yeah, well, he didn't do it. Whatever. Yeah, right. Maybe J.J. will do it next time and this will just be the one that doesn't do that. And mm-hmm. and it's sort of like, yeah, Jedi don't fly. Yeah, okay. Well, they did. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You just leave it there. And, and next time someone can show up and say, no, they don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I think it's becoming clear what I think about the movie at this point now, Steve. Well, yeah, we're, we're not even like halfway through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like we're... <laughs> that's okay. We're going we're gonna to keep going. Are you doing okay, Steve? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm good. Do we um, need to do another ad break? Uh, I don't know. Do we have another sponsor? I just like to say that Little Debbie snack cakes are still disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> When I bought I've never that, had one. Never had one. Oh, dude! But. I bought that Star Crunch thing to get those uh, cards. Oh, it was some collecting thing, wasn't there? Yeah, Venture yeah, yeah. Obi Wan did it. It was cool. Oh yeah, that's right. I that's want to support right. my friend Steve, not you, my other friend Steve. Um, yes. I mean, acquaintance, hobby acquaintance. I wouldn't say I'm like friends with Steve Sansweet yet. You know, we have a chance to hang out. He's a nice guy. I like him. Um, but yeah, those Star Crunch are inedible. It's <laughs> the grossest thing. So. Um, yeah, bake chocolate chip cookies. That's our ad. Okay. Um, All right. Moving on to uh, the category number six, Han adjacent. Okay. Um, the winner is the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Um, yeah. I liked it because the first Force Awakens kind of fetishized the, the Falcon. A little bit, yeah. It was just too big of a deal. This one, it's just like, yeah, this is just the ship. Chewie flies it, Porgs chill out on it, Ray's good in it. The entire rebellion fits inside the Millennium Falcon at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's like the it's the symbol. It doesn't feel too forced. Um, so yeah, I I really I think that the the Falcon is is fun and exciting and it continues and it, it's the sort of continuing legacy character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the Han adjacent uh, uh, loser uh, is Lando. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But do you know? Do, do you know if he was in the movie, he would be higher up on the loser list. That's ah, oh, man. We are. We usually don't click this much, but that yeah, that's. Steve, I, I it's like this... we finish each other's. Oh God. Sandwiches. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So what were you gonna say? No, I was just I, with Lando. I mean, I, I had him on on the, the loser list. I had him end up, but like, I don't think he could win if he was in the movie at all. I, I, there was no like. I, I read something about them considering him as as playing something similar to the Benicio del Toro role. I'm like, no, that that wouldn't work at all. Uh, oh, it, it just that would have been so bad. It would have been awful. That right? would have been Walrus Man in Rogue One bad. Oh my God! Yes. Like, yeah. Hello. I mean, what do we have here? I can I, get I'm you so, onto a destroyer. I, yeah. And I don't get me wrong. I I love Lando. I love Billy D. Williams. But for that, for them to have have done something like that would have been worse to me. Um, you know. Yeah. It just, so so I th- I think he's a loser because he's definitively not going to be in this trilogy. Yeah, and and so that puts him in this kind of weird category of only OT. So I think again, because we're talking about is like making the collectibles more interesting or less interesting. You know, if we look at the examples of all the things that we've said for more interesting, you know, Yoda, Tie Interceptor, uh, Leia. You know, it makes sense that the character gets richer, gets more developed, has a longer life, has a more interesting thing. So Lando. Just becomes more terminal. Just becomes more. Oh, those were those old movies, and it's not in this movie. Whereas, if he were in the movie, he would have been a bigger loser because it would have ruined whatever it, it was would, that made Lando uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. The thing about Lando is that you sort of want to sleep with him, right? Like that's the thing, <laughs> right? He's a seductive guy. So, like an eighty-year-old <laughs> dude with several chronic illnesses who can barely walk. And I saw him when he was like that in 2005 and, you know, my, my then wife, future ex-wife, you know, she was affected. I mean, he was still a handsome man in 2005, but he was not well. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it it would, it would be like if Peter Mayhew got dwarfism and it's like, oh, we got to keep him in there. Like, no man, like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm off the rails, Steve. Oh, all right. All right. All right. It's okay. Um, yeah, well, we definitely agree on that. So okay, well maybe we'll, um, we'll disagree on number five, Steve. Okay, what's what's five? Cuteness. <laughs> okay. The first thing my son said when I said who was a loser. Uh, well, the first thing he said was Walrus Man. I mean, uh, Hammerhead. <laughs> a Hammerhead, right? Yeah. But then later he said Ewoks. Ah, oh, man. Okay. And I had a hard time because I initially had them on my winner list. Yeah. So, so let me make the case for both winner and loser. Yeah. I, I had them under – I have a, a list that is just question mark and Ewoks are on that list. Yes. <laughs> well, they're kind of a winner because we're now establishing that cute things in Star Wars are totally fine. That, right. Like, yeah. Cute things yeah. in Star Wars are multi-generational. Um, there's nothing really cute in the prequels. Mm, no, the pit droids a little bit, um, but as far as things that are like just straight, go for, just 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 empty my wallet because 
this, this you know, we're going to buy everything that has these on it. Um, and that's kind of what the Ewoks were. So in a way, but then I put them on the loser because my son was just like, yeah, they're just not cute anymore. I mean, they're cute, but compared to Porgs, they're, they've they're, been, they've been superseded and yeah, they've been they, overtaken. They've been totally, totally taken over, uh, for cuteness. So I leave them on my losers, but I think they could also be on the winners. Um, mm. Well, if you had to say winner or loser, what would you say, Steve? Uh, I think I'd have to I'd have to to go with the loser side just based on, yeah, the uh, the porg effect. Yeah, and and again, if you're thinking about the collectibles themselves, um, right? You should never buy an Ewok figure when you could buy five or six more stuffed plush porgs for the same price. <laughs> um, at, at this point, my house is going to turn into like the uh, the crusty burger with the, the the balls in the ball pit. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and they have all the kids in there. <laughs> right, add more balls. Like like I am. <laughs> if you can imagine me, I'm recording, but I have like a little box here, and the rest of it is just filled with stuffed porgs. Um, <laughs> which leads quite nicely into the number five winner, and this really should have been the number one winner, Steve. But I'm mm. trying to show restraint. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean he's he is uh, he is the through line now. He's kind of taken over the uh, in a way the the R two role. He's t- Steve. This has nothing to do with Chewbacca. It has to do with his proximity to Porgs. You understand? <laughs> Chewbacca and Porgs. Like Han was replaced by Porgs. Like Chewie <laughs> totally upgraded. He was hanging around with this gruff dude who bossed him around. And now he has little edible friends. Like when we talk about the interest in a collectible, okay, all the love that goes to Porgs can be put nowhere in the vintage world. <laughs> except into Chewbacca. It's the True. only True. place to put it. Because True. he, because Luke, Luke doesn't care about the Porgs. Luke and the Porgs don't do anything together, right? R two, okay. There's one Porg on top of him once, okay. Porgs and Chewbacca are entirely together, to the point where Steve, for Christmas, um, I asked my dad asked me what I wanted, and I just said, well, let me just buy a bunch of Chewbacca stuff and charge it to your credit card. Like, <laughs> I got two different blankets, and I think. Four shirts, five wobblers, and you know pops and stuff, um, uh, a water bottle, and then action figures that are all Chewbacca and the Porgs. It's it's like this constant thing. So um, I actually have right here in my hand a wacky wobbler with Chewbacca and a Porg. <laughs> um, the the scene of Chewbacca becoming a vegetarian. Um, by uh-huh. the way, this whole movie is like all about animal rights. It's pretty interesting. It is. Uh, it is interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, that's. I mean, first of all, I was talking about that with my kids. I mean, you do realize, Steve, that's going to be the cause of literally thousands of people becoming vegetarian, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I could, I could, uh, I could see that having an, an impact. Uh, I mean, and, and an influence. As an example, the Simpsons episode, Lisa mm. the vegetarian. Oh yeah, oh that, yeah. I absolutely was a vegetarian for two or three years because of that episode. I mean, that huh. was the number one influence. Um, and so, can you imagine little kids today growing up and seeing that scene and connecting cute things with eating meat? I mean, it's yeah, right yeah. there. Like, it's awesome. So anyway. <laughs> 
uh, Chewbacca and the Porgs, every single scene with a Porg and Chewbacca is totally timeless. Um, so that's why I think Chewbacca is a huge winner. Um, and do, I, do you even like Porgs, Steve? What's wrong with you? Uh, I'm totally I'm, – I'm all right with Porgs. Uh, oh, I nice. love puppets. So, <laughs> you know, there's a connection there. All right, fine, Steve. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, I may not be, you know, spouting – wonderful praise the way that you are but i think you've got it taken care of i don't think if i if i tried to add more it would it would just it make it worse you, you're saying it's as good as it could have been okay um <laughs> so yeah yeah that's uh that's definitely the oh steve uh, you know as far as modern collectibles go when i saw the commercial when i saw the trailer that featured the porg stuck against the window i was like there's no way they are not going to make one of those Garfield style like porch oh with suction god. cups on the flippers. Oh. oh god! Yeah, yeah. I bought I bought two. I already put one on my car. Um, so they, they they do exist. Yes, then. they do. Okay. They, they come oh, with a porg on board sticker. Oh, it's oh so my god! Uh, all and, right. <laughs> and the, the other thing that my kids do is they sit around arguing about the names of all the porgs because they come up with oh. all the names. Yeah, um, yeah. So, the, like the one who like tries to step on the lightsaber, they call him dummy. Um, I, I, will, I will say my okay. I'm curious if they have a name for this one. My, my favorite one is the one that so clearly, like prosthetically, gets like takes off when Chewie tries to scare it away. It just looks like uh, you know those little rockets. If you step on the little pad, oh, yeah, it launches yeah. it there. It looks exactly like that. I'm like, I I don't know why that that one just it got me because of how. How artificial it was. I kind of appreciated that. Yeah. Um, what, what does he have a name? <laughs> I think that's Larry. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah, I think that's Larry. And then the, the launching one Larry. Yeah, launching Larry. <laughs> the one that's on the Falcon with him. I was like, oh yeah, that's Chewbacca's buddy, and so they called him Buddy. Um, okay. So that's All the right. main one is Buddy. All right. Um. So yeah, so that's the cuteness category, um, which I think Chewbacca wins. Um, the number four. So do you see how it kind of is funny how it lines up, Steve, that like these categories end up – because if you look at my list, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like yeah. as far as winners, you know, A-Wing, C-3PO, TIE, Interceptor, Yoda, AT-AT, AT-ST, Leia, Falcon, Chewie, right? Like that makes sense as it lines up as far as winners go. Same thing with losers. It just happens to be they go in together. Yeah. So, no, no. They're, they're, they're definite, definite pairings here. So number four are winners who are not in the movie. Mm. And losers okay. who are not in the movie. All right. Definitely a loser who is not in the movie is the power droid. <laughs> okay. Because I thought they were doing a thing, Steve. Yeah, they, I mean, they definitely uh, made him pretty prevalent last go around. And, and there, he was in Rogue One. That's and, right. Yeah. And he was super prominent in Force Awakens. Yeah. So I sort of thought, okay, this is their kind of vintage nod to this goofy old thing. And But no, an, another no. thing. Thank no. you, Ryan Johnson. Um, another <laughs> thing that I have not seen people complain about. Um, but it's easy because they'd rather complain about why does somebody who's in charge not want to give somebody who doesn't respect the chain of command all the information about the mission. Um <laughs> I, yeah, I I, uh, I just I couldn't even try and get into that <laughs> oh, <laughs> with you yeah. guys. I could no, no. Well, it's really. I mean, you know, you know, Steve. That I I've gone 
whole hog on, on Facebook. And the best part have, yeah, is just having yeah. really obnoxious arguments with people I really like. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I can't keep up with you guys. Like, <laughs> like, like the, it was with Chris Fawcett, uh, CJ, you know, he's been on the show tons of times. We were having an argument about, you know, why didn't Holdo tell Poe the plan? It's like, I wouldn't tell Poe anything. That guy's a menace. The second that he finds out, he was the guy who, he's the reason that DJ found out. The reason that the plan failed was because somebody told Poe. Like, don't <laughs> tell him what to do. Anyway. Um, and then same thing with, with Tommy. Just like, it's just fun uh, arguing with, with, with friends. Yes. Um, so um, the... All right, so who's your, who's your winner here? So my winner that's not in the movie is the Emperor. Oh, okay. So he was on my, my question mark. Yes. There's so nice. many question marks, Steve. That's really what yeah. this is about. Yeah. Okay. Please. I mean, I, I, you're an emperor guy, so so please do explain. I, he's just a winner because there is no, there is no follow-up to him. There's nobody no, else no. who did what he did. Like, That's true. Snoke, yeah. I, I remember reading uh, someone saying, oh, he's got to be bigger and badder than the Emperor because that's how these I, things I hate, work. I, I hate that. I, yeah, no. No. He, he wasn't. <laughs> he was just a, no. a, a gimpy dude with bad posture um, who – I mean I like Snoke a lot. I mean I, that, I actually – I do too. I love Snoke. I am upset that he is – I'm happy for the narrative function that he was killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But somebody mm-hmm. who likes creepy old wrinkly evil dudes, I was well, yeah, upset. I could, I could see that kind of bumming you out a little bit on, on that front. But at the same time, it kind of does preserve the Emperor's uh, legacy there as, as the guy who, who actually did it. <laughs> right. And and it's it's in a way like the the killing of the past, which is the other another one of the themes of the movie, which by the way, the movie has like seven or eight really deep themes that go simultaneously and feed off of each other. Again, whenever I hear people arguing about it being a poorly written movie, I'm like, you cannot like what he did, but there's so many things that are you know, themes of, of mentorship and uh, themes of failure and, and then, you know, in this case the theme of killing the past. Like Yeah, right. The Emperor passed could be killed without having to kill the emperor. So he just he he's he's maintains the world's most ultimate manipulator that there's ever been uh, and ever will be. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I put Emperor as the number four winner. But really, Chewie should have been ahead of him. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Restraints, guy. Get get back back on track. Okay, number three is the winner and loser. Uh, the, these guys happen to be categorized in the cool guy category. Cool guy. Okay. Do you want to hear winner or loser first, Steve? Um, let's go loser. Stormtroopers. Ah, yep. Stormtroopers were as useless as Nien Nub in this movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know what? I think they actually, yeah, in terms of like singled out Stormtroopers, they had about the same amount of, of screen time. <laughs> Like, wasn't that kind of weird that they didn't they were, do anything? No, no, they were. They put handcuffs on uh, on the on the on crew Ray. in that yeah. one shot, and then or on Ray, right? And then they have their little uh, pseudo execution scene with those two guys. But that's it. I mean, nothing. Nothing. I mean, I have never yeah. seen. There's never been a Star Wars movie where stormtroopers have been. I mean, they. You have to go back to Phantom Menace to see less stormtroopers, okay? Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, and 
I kind of like it because you didn't need them. No, I, I yeah, I wasn't I, sitting I agree. there saying, "Hey, where's Poochie?" You know, it it, it, <laughs> it made sense that there weren't stormtroopers. Um, yeah, but yeah. At, the, at the end of the movie, I just realized, oh, who cares? So I think you know who that makes oh, as the I, as I, the number three winner, Steve. It's the same same. I'm guessing the same pairing that I had, which has got to be the Emperor's Royal Guard. Yes. Yeah, and, and this could be number one, um, because there's a, there's many hard and fast Star Wars rules that Ryan Johnson was not afraid to break. And for most of them, 50% of the world said yes, and 50% of the world said no. The tradition of having the Royal Guard do diddly squat was completely <laughs> smashed by Ryan Johnson, and nobody is complaining. There isn't a single person out there going, I liked, because do you remember in the prequels, how they just stood there and then Yoda threw him over the place. And then you remember in the original trilogy how they stood there and then they disappeared behind an elevator? You know? <laughs> like, they actually yeah. do oh. something. And no, it's, yeah. I don't know. Is that the best scene in the movie, Steve? Maybe. You, you know, I, I uh, when I first saw it, I had been kind of freaked out up until that point. And that, when that scene happened, I, for a moment, I definitely got put in a different mental place that kind of you know it was it was just different it blew me away that that first time i saw it. it it i'd say you know in terms of 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 action that that scene is it's really difficult to to argue against it um but but action and emotion at the same time and emotion yeah no no yeah the, the whole combination of that of that you know whatever it was a couple minutes um it, of what goes on it is to the raylo thing <laughs> Right, what the throne room scene was to Luke and Vader, you know, it's. I mean, it's. It's actually really yeah. funny because I, I ended up seeing the movie um, with my ex-wife because I have a lot of disagreements with her, but Star Wars is not one of them. Um, and she's like, she, she didn't care that much about Kylo Ren and Rey being together, but after uh -huh. seeing that, she was just like. I am so into this storyline. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I am right. too. It's a great love story. It is so great <laughs> and it's so complex. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. It's not cheesy. I don't think it's really been done before. It's not like you know West Side Story. You know, it's no. it's a really complicated like sense of longing and belonging and all it is that. Very unique, very unique. Um, and this is kind of like something I keep thinking about with this movie. And and at first I was kind of scared by it but i've come to really appreciate it is i think you mentioned it before but how how far and fast this movie pushes things i mean you it is at going at breakneck speed in terms of the story and when it got to that point and we're only i don't know I, there was still a good chunk of the movie left when that happened and uh i don't know it's i i like that uh it's not afraid of just pressing fast forward in a way um, yeah and, yeah, and it's funny because definitely my least favorite part was all the stuff on the casino planet. Um, yeah, but it only takes like five minutes, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, it, it doesn't take that much time, and and people talk about it being useless. That's sort of useless, I guess. Yeah, I don't, but yeah, it's not. Again, it's like it's not of any major consequence to me in terms of my enjoyment of the movie right like that that's that's yeah i like the pod race but i didn't always like the pod race and when <laughs> i didn't like the pod race 
Like that is insufferably long. You know, whereas Kanto Bite is like you show up and you're like, okay, did do did we need two close-ups of popping champagne? I, I think we got it with the one, and it doesn't quite hit with 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 uh, Finn loving it, and and I don't, I yeah, actually no, no. like Rose. People hate her. I could, I, I, I could no, write no, an I, essay I, about people hating Rose. Yeah, that I I um I'm more just looking forward to hopefully her having more to do in the next one. I mean, cause if you think about it, you know, she's, she's playing catch up to all, all these other kind of next generation characters. And I think with as much crazy stuff going on in this, she just kind of gets, uh, doesn't get what she deserves. I don't think in terms of, in terms of story, but at the same time, you know, there should hopefully be ample chance for her to, to, to be an active part. Man, I on. think she's right? really neat. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, she, I, well, she they, saves Finn because he would have killed himself. And the whole point of the stupid movie is that you don't need dead heroes; you need leaders. And Finn's a leader, and she saves him, right? Yeah. So first of all, you have a, a great thing there, and then she's starstruck when she meets him, and yeah, she, no, she's that, that, everyone angry. But then she immediately zaps him because she's a person who believes in her conviction. Yeah. She's, no, that uh, that scene, that first scene with her, I think it was clearly to me it was it was the best. Um, which is a bummer because you know you have a lot of stuff that, that that they go with after that. But I thought that she was introduced so well, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I think it's kind of unfair uh, the uh, the way that she's being uh, looked at. You know? Yeah. And and wait, see, was it on this podcast I made the point about Paige, her sister? Not yet. No. 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 I think she's <laughs> going to be the Boba Fett of this trilogy. <laughs> She is the coolest thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I want no, to know. I mean, apparently there's a book about her already. But oh, like, okay. she's like, you know, obviously very pretty, and I think that's the main reason people don't don't like uh, Rose is that she's not traditionally pretty. I, I honestly think that's the main reason people are against it. But let me get into it there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. like, Paige is like stunning like a model and it's fine because she doesn't have to act and she's like got this really cool outfit and she's like in the yeah, turret yeah. of the gunner and like no, she does this totally heroic thing and she doesn't she says one word it's like she's so awesome and and part of the reason she's so awesome is that her sister is such a dofus it's like mm-hmm. it's great to have this kind of weird play where you sort of wish the cool one you know lived and the lame one went but like I, I don't know so yeah, all of that is is a long way to get back to the Emperor's Royal Guard. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that 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 is in terms of Kaidcast detours. That that was a that was a good one. <laughs> well, Steve, we're just having fun talking about the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. See that this is this is the real reason we're talking about this, <laughs> right? But um, it is undeniable yeah. that the Emperor's Royal Guard is uh, what was the terminology I said. Um, made more relevant, more valuable, and more interesting. Yes. Um, because now they're a part of this continuation that goes back to the weird blue peacock dudes from episode one. Oh, yeah, one. right, 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 yeah. Uh, um, and they finally have done something. And I remember seeing the the costumes and just being like, yeah, whatever. These are just yeah. going to be whatever. And I saw them <laughs> on screen. I'm like, yeah, they're kind of cool, whatever. 
And then they actually did something. And then, you know, I'm reading all the books and all the secret thing. And there's actually oh, only, there's eight of them. And there's only four different kinds of weapons. And you get into different kinds of weapons. How they do it. And it's like, well, what are they really? And anyway, just totally awesome. The emotional, the action centerpiece yeah, no. of the movie. Much like Yoda was the sort of like spiritual yeah, center. Right. They yeah. are sort of like the, they are there for the action center. And if yeah. you love Raylo which we all do, which is, I think, how we ended up over there in Rosetown. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, One of the ways that you would show that love is by having Emperor's Royal Guard figures. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I should get that for my ex-wife for Christmas. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Okay. Right, so we, are we at number two now? Yes, we're at number two. Oh, man. Okay, we're getting there. And so the number two category, Steve... Is the divider, and the number one category is the unifier. Okay, all right. So dividers, the dividers. So this movie has divided people, and without a doubt, the number one divisive thing in this movie, even more than fortitted sea monsters, <laughs> is Luke Skywalker. Yeah, the number two winner is Luke Jedi with a blue saber mm-hmm. or Luke farm boy. Mm. Okay. I would say the number two loser is any Jedi, any Luke that is not those two. Yeah. So let, let yeah. me, let me draw out this okay. point that I'm making. Okay. All right. So obviously it's really divisive, you know, Luke's character and, and what he does. I believe that eventually people will come to love what Ryan Johnson has done with Luke. Um, I'll come back to the, the, the point later about Anakin and all that. But mm-hmm. the th- let's, t- let's take it – okay, let's just put people who don't like it to the side for the moment, okay? All right. And it's totally right. valid not to like it, but, but I happen to like what he did. Luke Jedi is still – I think he was number one for The Force Awakens – it's yep. still the point of this trilogy. The point of this movie is still Luke Jedi showing up and giving hope to the rebellion. Even though it's all about killing the past and failure and disappointment and blah, 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 blah. John Williams woke up and wrote an amazing score for uh, Luke walking out of the cave. My God. Uh, yeah. Luke, that is, uh, Luke talking to Leia, Steve, I don't believe in grown men crying at movies. I just don't. <laughs> I think it's stupid. I think way too many podcasters talk about it, Steve. And I think it's stupid. But I, the, the first time when Luke and Leia talked, I couldn't help it. I don't, maybe yeah. it's because I was sitting next to my kids and their brother and sister. Or I don't, maybe I'm thinking about my child. I don't know what. But like that scene was really moving. It was. And, yeah. And the, the Luke-ness is all in the Luke Jedi figure. Like that's the Luke Je- – that's on Acto. That's the Luke that goes crazy and, and found the most complicated way you could possibly fish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, I loved it too. And so um, I would say that that's tied with the farm boy Luke, mm-hmm. because the way that he died, yeah, yeah, staring at the twin sons, and of course yep. it was metaphorical. That ties back to episode four. Of course, it also ties back to episode three. All of you prequel haters may forget that. Yeah, um, yeah. That was his introduction to the Lars family. Was was at sunset. 
but the, that that trajectory of Luke from farm boy to Jedi is encapsulated in those two figures. Yeah. yeah. And I think that makes the other Luke figures just less interesting. It doesn't mean that they're not interesting at all. And of course, Luke Bespin is great and Luke Poncho is wonderful. I'm not just trying to hit Tommy where it hurts. Um, Cause he collects Luke Poncho, right? Or is it Leia Poncho? Yeah. He did. No, it's, it's Luke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, okay. See, now I've punched him where it hurts. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, we'll get you back on in April, Tommy. Um, so, um, like, I think that the other ones just become a little bit less important because Luke, the legend, and Luke, the Jedi Master, is more important than Luke, the the sort of action hero of the original trilogy. yeah. The X-Wing pilot. Right. So that's my point. What do you think of that, Steve? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I can't say I disagree at all. I mean, the fact that you mentioned that that piece of music from John Williams, like I've been listening. I I do this every time. I just, once the score is out and I've seen the movie, I just kind of obsessively listen to it like day after day after day. And, uh, you know, that that track, I think the spark is just... Like that is what I love so much about this movie. That that track pretty much speaks to it. Um, and yeah, we I mean, really it, are clicking today, Steve. This is great. I don't know, what what is going on? <laughs> I started but, off trashing the beaming pilot, and yet we're getting along together. Let's um, see. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, no, we, it, we do the same thing. We listen to the soundtrack just nonstop in the car, um, and I'm still at the point where I'm generally disappointed in the soundtrack. So so am I. But yeah. I was that way about The Force Awakens for about a month. And yeah. I love The Force Awakens soundtrack. Now, I don't think it's, it's going to reach those heights. Because no, there's no. just not enough new material. And the main no. new theme was for Rose and Finn. And that's still my least favorite storyline. Yeah. No, it, it's, it, we are completely, I think, on, uh, on the same page there. Because, uh, yeah, with The Force Awakens soundtrack, it did take a little while um but it is it is brilliant i mean and and that's i think it kind of made this one suffer a bit because there were so many great things introduced in that that he just had you know it was kind of necessitated by what was going on i think it it seems like that he was forced to to kind of just go back to a lot of that and i i get it but um yeah it's but yeah it would have been nice it's counterbalanced by things like, like a snoke theme Sure, sure, right, but but then you know, Snoke didn't last too long, so I right. guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, no, I, we're I really agree. off the rails, but I think what we are, this ended up are. doing was it ended up having to use a lot of the Force Awakens soundtrack, right? Yeah, and it ended up being like I already know how great the Force Awakens soundtrack is, so I think in yeah. the, in the future I will come to forgive this because it's really just reminding me. That he did enough in that one soundtrack to last for two, but anyway. Yeah. So, so that's you know I understand about the divisiveness of Luke. Um, so the thought I had about about what Ani- what Lucas did with Anakin is what Ryan Johnson did with Luke. It's very similar because when you heard they were going to make a movie 
about young Anakin Skywalker, everybody wanted to think he was going to be this little twisted teenager killing frogs and, and becoming mm-hmm. a badass and doing yeah, all these right. things. And, and like, oh, young, he's going to be like young Darth Vader and he's going to be so cool and he's going to have the suit and all this. And Lucas, to his credit or to his detriment, depending on how you feel, just said, uh, no, uh, I want to be like a, a nice kid. Uh, loves his mom and races pods and and that's what he chose to do and everybody freaked out and he knew they were going to freak out and he didn't care because Steve he is an artist and the artist wanted to make something and Ryan Johnson knows exa- Ryan Johnson's not an idiot George Lucas wasn't an idiot George Lucas knew what people wanted it wasn't that George Lucas was incapable of making a movie about a badass Vader is he didn't want to. And Ryan Johnson, the easiest thing in the world would be to have Luke be a cross between Obi-Wan and Yoda and yeah. train her and move along and fight the sea be monster. A, be and, a Gandalf. Be a Gandalf. You know? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and he didn't go that way. He decided to go yeah. this other way where it ended up being a meditation about loss and, and failure and disappointment and the difficulty of mentorship. And that's really complicated. Just like Anakin was way more complicated than people wanted him to be. So I don't know. That's the that's my main beef with people complaining about this movie. I see a lot of people who make these fakakta mixes of Mark Hamill complaining about. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd seen one of those. Yeah, there's yeah. two two or three of these videos of Mark Hamill complaining about uh, Ryan Johnson's take on Luke. Mark Hamill. Okay, he is a hammer, and Ryan Johnson had to build a house. So it's like, <laughs> I understand that Mark, I love Mark Hamill. I love him. He's a great actor. But his opinion of his character doesn't matter at all. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Now, if he's a good actor, he'll be able to handle it. And I think he did. Yeah. But like, yeah. the idea that this means something. That people show Mark Hamill looking old and sad. Yeah, I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a rant here, okay? Uh, yeah, I, I could, I could sense, sense that one coming. So, <laughs> First of all, Mark Hamill eventually came around to liking the script. And, yeah. And maybe yeah. he didn't. Maybe he was just lying for Disney. In which case, that's okay. <laughs> all right? Maybe David Prowse didn't like what George Lucas did with, with Jake Lloyd. But do we care about what David Prowse thinks? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like maybe Lando, maybe Billy Dee Williams didn't like becoming a good guy in Return of the Jedi. Are we supposed to like interview him and think about what it means? Okay, no. And, yeah. and this is the other yeah. thing. Mark Hamill, uh, my theory is that he has emphysema, okay? Mm. If you look at him, he has a really hard time breathing. I've known people who have emphysema or COPD. It makes it really hard to breathe. This dude is yeah, working yeah. really hard. He has a really hard time breathing. And so they they show these pictures of him at press conferences and he looks kind of out of it and tired. It's like, man, the dude is like, I think, secretly having an illness that he's trying to go through. And people are looking at it like, oh, look, he hates Ryan Johnson. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know, Steve. As you can tell, I'm thinking a lot about death and disease these days. Oh, yeah, we gotta we gotta get you off that off that track. <laughs> so so Luke is the great divider, um, 
I understand why people don't like this choice. I don't understand why people think that it ruins Luke. No, I, yeah. Because it's I, not that far off. And this is the other thing, Steve. The, uh, one, okay, uh, if you have children in the car uh, and you're listening to this, uh, I'm going to use the B word that rhymes with pitch. <laughs> the number one thing that I see is people saying that Luke, quote, went out like a little bitch. Yeah. I... Now, first of all, that's horrible gendered terminology that I don't accept. The other thing about it, now that I'm being a neckbeard feminist, um, <laughs> the other thing about saying that Luke went out like a little bitch is it's like, what movie are they watching? Yeah. yeah. At, at the beginning of the movie, Re, uh, Kylo and, and Ray have their little mind meld. And he says, how are you doing this? This kind of energy would kill you. Okay. So yeah. part of the thing Ryan Johnson's doing is introducing all these new force powers. He sets it up right away that even the ability just to communicate telepathically across space would be enough energy that Ray would die if she did it. Okay. So already we had the sense that Snoke is powerful enough to do this. And there you go. So like Luke's ability to teleport himself to single-handedly rebirth the rebellion, to give them hope, to give them time to escape, to completely thwart Kylo and to be completely badass while doing it is like the most heroic thing he could possibly do. He yeah, is literally yeah. teaching them through his failure. Like he did it. Yeah. No, it's uh it's incredible. I it, mean, it's an amazing yeah. piece of writing and it's amazingly heroic. And honestly, if you think it would have been better for Luke to get killed by Kylo Ren in a duel or Snoke stabbing him in the back, that's fine, but you're kind of an idiot because, <laughs> like, you don't understand what you saw. Like, what you saw was a really impressive piece of writing that was able to show that, like, the most heroic way that he could die was, like, like a Jedi master letting go. He died exactly the same way Yoda died. He yeah. just let – in the same way Obi-Wan died. He let go of his physical self. He overcame this this crude matter that is flesh. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I hope I go out like a little bitch. If that's what it is to go out like that, <laughs> okay, that's way cooler uh, like, than, than getting killed after after just murdering fifteen thousand Nazi robots. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so that's no. the Great Divider. Yeah, I, uh, I am. Uh, I'm on the. I'm on your side on that one too. I mean, it's, I know this might be this might be a boring podcast for the people that hate it, but eh, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's it's always a boring podcast, Steve. Don't don't, well, don't worry about that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, was, it was actually funny. Um, no, no, I'll say that story one time. Okay, so Steve. Okay. We had the Great Divider. Now let's go. To the great unifier. Okay. So let's go down the list of losers. B-wing pilots. Number 12, R2-D2. Number 11, Darth Vader. Number 10, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Number 9, Cantina Aliens. Number 8, Nyan Nub. Number 7, Han Solo. Number 6, Lando. Number 5, Ewoks. Number 4, Power Droids. Number 3, Stormtroopers. Number 2, non-Luke Jedi, non-Farm Boy Luke. 
And the number one vintage loser, Steve, I think you know who it is. It's, it's Admiral Akbar, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, Steve, uh, let me go down the list of winners. Number 13, A-Wing Pilot. Number 12, C-3PO. Number 11, TIE Interceptor. Number 10, Yoda. Number 9, AT-AT. Number 8, ATST. Number 7, Leia. Number 6, The Falcon. Number 5, Chewie. Number 4, Emperor. Number 3, Emperor's Royal Guard. Number 2, Luke Jedi and Luke Farmboy. And Steve, the number one vintage winner. What do you got? Admiral Akbar. <laughs> uh, there you go. The great <laughs> unifier, Steve. A hundred percent of Star Wars fans are divided 50-50 about this movie. There's one thing that everybody agrees to. Admiral Akbar deserved better. <laughs> I have not seen a single place online where anybody has defended the decision to have Admiral Akbar just get sucked out of an air vent. That's it's funny. It's funny you're saying this because on your thread that you started on the the SWCA Facebook page, there is a comment that speaks exactly to this. Did you Did you see this? No, not yet. Okay, so this is from Anthony Faust. And it's in response to a lot of these, these Akbar comments. And he says, Akbar didn't go out, quote, like a punk. He died in the battle the way that anyone can die in battle, shockingly, tragically, and in the blink of an eye. Real deaths aren't five-minute-long Shakespearean Oscar moments. <laughs> Which is like, wow, you know? Like, it's it's true. Um, okay, so not I, to say that... <laughs> okay, first of all, credit goes to a, a very intelligent contrarian. Um, I like that guy. Um, I could see why. (laughs) That that would have been my point. That is true, that that is how death goes. Yes. Um, So he's the unifier in this movie. Yeah. And and I do agree with Anthony's point that that it is a sort of real death. It is, Um, yeah. But the other thing about it, Steve, is Akbar is now a martyr. He's a martyr for vintage collectors. His death (laughs) is the most unjust death of all. (laughs) So what did – Yeah. (laughs) What was Akbar known for in the past? I mean he was – he's the guy that survived. I mean – No, no. He was known for it's a trap. Well, yeah, yeah. Number one through ten of things that Akbar is known for was having a stupid line. It's a trap. It's a trap. Well, yeah, it's a trap. That's, that's, that's why I tried to avoid that. <laughs> it's a trap. That's what he's known for. Yeah. Now he has another thing. He just doubled the number of things that he's known for. He is now known for being the guy who got unceremoniously killed because his voice actor died and they didn't know how to handle it. Is that is that what happened? I, I haven't read into yes. this. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? The uh, I mean, Tim Rice is the guy this? inside it. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about this is the the original voice actor, and he he did it for seven. Same guy. The guy did it for seven. For eight, it was Tom Kane, the guy who did the Yoda voice. Does, and the does Yoda? Right. Right. Um, okay. So yeah. So that's why like the only thing he says is like you know. He's got like one he's throwaway like, line. Ships yeah. are approaching, and at one point he's like, "Was a what? Yeah, like, oh. like he does. It's <laughs> he doesn't say much. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that's why I put Akbar as the number one winner for uh, the Last Jedi. 
uh, because he unifies us all, no matter what we feel about Luke uh, or about Raylo or about Porgs, we can all agree that, that is a uh, pretty pretty unanimous. <laughs> and, and it helps us to appreciate how much we love Akbar. Yeah, yeah. Because that really upset us. It did. It was it was pretty uh, pretty upsetting. Um, but you gotta you gotta let go. You do. Sometimes you gotta kill the past. <laughs> but not Akbar. No. <laughs> Well, I'm just waiting for the robot chicken where they have like him flying out and then him doing the Leia thing. And I mean, oh, uh, there's got to be tons of great stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. All right, Steve. So it's been an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Hey, when, you know, when you say you got a lot of sky thoughts coming, um, <laughs> I think that's pretty good. You know, I keep how it under we, two hours. How about we rank my thoughts? No. Um, <laughs> do you have any other? Uh, so, Steve, did you like the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, I mean, I, I think you ba- we basically share the same position on, on most fronts. Um, I, uh, the one thing that really, and it's not, it doesn't, obviously we've talked about this. It doesn't, doesn't really kill it for me, but just the, uh, the split between pacing of that, that kind of middle section with the subplots, like the subplots in this movie, just at times they just really, they don't seem like they're on the same like temporal scale in terms of like urgency. So it, it, I think that like the space chase and the cantina or not cantina, the casino thing are interesting on their own as separate pieces, but I just didn't, I couldn't buy into the way they were working together so much. Right. Um, I don't know if it threw you off in the same way. It just after two viewings, I still felt the same about that. Whereas the other stuff that was shocking and, and uh, just kind of hitting you over the head, um, that that really changed the second time. That was the one thing that still stayed the same for me in terms of in terms of reading it. But no, I mean, I I, I thought I I wasn't expecting it to be so uh, you know divisive. But um, you know, we'll see what happens in a few years. I guess uh, it's interesting. It's given us plenty to talk about. So in that sense, it's good. Well, the number one thing I say about the prequels i mean the reason this is divisive is because it's like the prequels and the way that it's like the prequels is that it's the work of an artist and so it's not the work of a committee yeah you know it's just not i don't know how it's not i, I, I mean seriously the 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 analogy that i drove that i developed for watching this movie is the first time you watch the movie is like jumping in to a very very cold body of water yeah. Like, you know, if you ever like, like swam near a glacier or something like that. Right. Yeah. You are so cold. You don't know what's going to happen and you have to wait a second. Sometimes the water is so cold that you can't swim. Like you'll get hypothermia. So you yeah. have to get out. Sometimes you realize, oh, actually my body's getting used to it. And then you have the most wonderful swim and you're there and you see the mountain and it's clear water and you can – and you're totally fine and your body gets used to it. So the second viewing was where I realized, oh, I can swim here. Like I can handle these differences. It's OK. They don't have the montage. Uh, I can deal with the fact that he said big ass, um, <laughs> which I think was an intentional callback to I'll see you in hell. I think he, he tried to have one shocking swear in the movie. But anyways, All right. yeah. um, you know, like that was where I kind of felt that way. So I was able to understand the artistry of it a lot more the second time. 
Same. And, and they definitely wore the third time. And I think that's where it's going to be divisive because we finally have a George Lucas back. We have somebody who does what he wants to do. And if you don't like it, then you have a punching bag. Uh, and that's and that's Ryan Johnson. Um, yeah. Um, it, it is true about the editing. It's it's weird because in some ways the editing is is staggering. Like in, yeah. the, in the beginning, there's this whole sequence of introduction of one character to the next. So it's like there's the um, – there's the there's like the um the the beacon thing on the wrist of Finn and then the right. the beacon no the the, the beacon Ray asks where Finn is Finn asks where Ray is <laughs> Poe shows the beacon the beacon then goes to Ray Ray then goes to talk to Luke Luke won't let her in but then Chewbacca comes in and says the Falcon's there and then he says where's Han and then you see Kylo and it's like yeah, there's this yeah. there's this really beautiful segue and rhythm um, yeah that's it's funny like the first time I felt like it was uh it that was even a little disorienting for me just in terms of how how quick the succession was right it, but then you know yeah that 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 works for me now and, and um, then at the end I mean, a truly beautiful scene is where Kylo sc- screams at him, you know, the the rebellion is over. No, the rebellion is crushed, the war is over, and once I kill you, there'll be no more Jedi. And then Luke says this little pithy thing of, you know, everything you just said is wrong. Yeah. And yeah. then he says, you know, the, the rebellion is reborn. And then you see the picture and it's got Poe and Leia behind. And so you see the old and the new. And then uh, the... The war has just begun, and then you see Finn. So he's going to be kind of the face of the war. And then you're not the last Jedi, and then you see Rey lifting up all the rocks. And it's just the editing. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. And then you're like, but why is there this chunk, these chunks in the middle that yes. just feel like they should either be longer or shorter right. or, or something? So, so it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm no, you know expert but i was even talking like well how could how could have this been done differently to make more sense and i couldn't quite figure it out so i i don't know i am not sure what what was going on there um without it being you know a, a lord of the rings-esque four-hour thing you know right. I, it seemed like instead of just dropping or simplifying certain things which i thought that was one thing that you know with the force awakens that it was obviously very purposeful to keep things simple that but it did work really well where this where it got complicated and it was great it was great but when it got complicated and it just kind of tripped over itself that was that was where i had trouble um but it's not it's not a deal breaker for me right so yeah. anyway it's, it's well, funny there we go, <laughs> there we go. I, I still think i actually like force awakens more you i i, I do too i think, I think but it's surprising I, based on all this stuff i said but I just watched it again that movie is so solid <laughs> it is i mean it, it is to me it in terms of its just like manufacture, it is like the it's crazy how well put together it is. Um, yeah. And that's and it's yeah. But, I don't know. But they're, put they're together, different. these are so great to have this this juxtaposition of one that's tight as a drum and not very original, and one that's a little bit loose but very original. Like that's yeah. that's a very yeah. agreeable mixture. I I would say so. Yeah. 
but I can feel the Wilkes bar coming over me, Steve. Uh oh. Oh um, no. So I need to uh, I need to get some rest and let let my uh, vocal cords chill out. Yeah. So well. so next month people will get to hear the conversation uh, about auctions. It'll be pretty yep. fun. Um, and eventually we'll get to the next figure of the month. We will eventually. We'll yeah. eventually get See, back on rhythm, but you know, kind of having fun here, just yeah. fl- flying around on our little uh, this little skimmer things, <laughs> the open cockpit. It's, just, it's slightly falling apart, but it's still holding together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, Wampa Wampa. Adios. Chewbacca, Luke, and Princess Leia. They're the Star Wars early bird set of figures. These action figures are not yet available, but this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores with its colorful Star Wars picture display stand and the